this month we've been we've taken the subject of evangelism, and the the interesting thing about evangelism is is it means something so different to everyone. A lot of people that just strikes fear in their heart. They go, yeah, I know I'm supposed to evangelize, but I just don't feel worthy. I'm kind of afraid. I don't know anybody. Or all my friends are Christians. Um, I wish I were living in your world, but. Um, but when I would look at the word evangelism, and it's just something drew me to it. And I'm thinking, Lord, are you trying to say something? I said, what is it about that word evangelism? And I was looking for something spiritual, a word from the Lord. And what I got after looking at it, looking at it, was not spiritual at all. I found that I was drawn to this. <laughs> Maybe that we should abbreviate evangelism to evans. <laughs> I know that's quite silly. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you're looking for something spiritual and it's just all flesh. So, <laughs> so let's take a look at this because what I want us to do is to take a look at what evangelism looks like. And, and it is so much different than what you know, uh, the early movies that you would see where there's some evangelist with a long beard and kind of looks crazy and his hair's not combed and he puts the box out in the middle of the street and starts preaching, you're going to hell, you know, repent, repent, you know, turn or burn. And so, <laughs> oh, you haven't heard that one? I've used that one a lot in the 70s. So, <laughs> but evangelism has, has, Changed and has taken on different looks throughout the years. And being that I've been doing this since the 70s, early 70s, um, you can see how it evolves. And so it has opened me up to look at evangelism and it's how it looks differently. Because there's a gift of evangelism. There's a call to evangelism. There's a call to preach. There's a, and if we pigeonhole evangelism, you're going to miss evangelism. So I want us to take a look at it and specifically one that I think most people miss but is the foundation of this church, is how this church started was through evangelism. So here's a general definition of evangelism. Evangelism is the act of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now and, and, and I emphasize sharing because there's many ways to share. There's direct preaching there's offering prayer. There is living a good life that looks like Jesus, that sounds like Jesus. So in, in the whole idea of the teaching today is, is about sharing the different forms that we share the good news of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so like I said, there's a broad definition, but evangelism has come in many shapes. Now, the first thing that you, in, in the 70s, we, we used to have these little tracks. We called them tracks. And you'd always find them for the men, I don't know where the women's were, but on the men's, you'd go to a urinal and you'd find a track. It's like, I'm a little busy to be reading right now. <laughs> but here's some of my favorite tracks. Don't read this book! <laughs> uh, Okay, chance. Get out of hell free. If if anyone right now wants to give your life to the Lord because it's come forward. Uh, silly rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. 
And you may not be able to see this. It says, stop following me. We are not related. <laughs> okay. All right. For some of the older folks, how many have seen those in the bathroom? Yet? I got one thing. You're old. You're just old. I don't know if the women's bathroom were barbarded with this, but the men's were. Uh, so you, you have the, the, the tracks. Then people went to the next level, and they would do their personal testimony and have it put in a track. And, you know, I mean, you're so proud to find your testimony sitting on the urinal. Uh, <laughs> so. so you have the personal track. Uh, the surveys. Oh, my goodness. The surveys. You'd go into a lunchroom, a large lunchroom, if it was high school, college, where you work, and you'd say, excuse me, could I ask you a few questions? I'm taking a survey. And people are like, uh, yeah. And so you're going, uh, you know, how many people in your family, you know, uh, what's your level of education, what are your goals, blah, blah, blah. And it all come down to, do you know you're going to hell if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ? <laughs> it's like... What? So how many remember the surveys? Oh, good. Oh, I gave many a survey. And then there's just the straight appro approach, okay? The straight approach, I just feel burdened. I, I have to preach or I'm not a Christian. For instance, going, hey, is that seat saved? How about you? <laughs> Never won anyone to the Lord on that one, but <clears throat> it was quick and easy, snappy. You know. So, Evangelism through the years, but not just through the years, in the scriptures, it's different. It's, it's so different. So when it comes to evangelism, Jesus desires that we give ourselves to the understanding of our culture. I mean, he's like, oh no, the culture is evil. Jesus said, listen, I, I want you to be in the world like I'm in the world. I just don't want you to be like the world. So what would motivate such a statement? I want you to relate to where people are, but I don't want you to live and act like them. For this purpose, it gives a witness. You see, if you understand people's culture, you're not going to be a weirdo. You know that person. You've been that person. You walk into a group of people who are having a conversation about this, and you come in and you go, that. Totally said, the, and they're all looking at you like, uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know. And you're laughing and thinking, you know, we've been that person, and we've been in groups when that person comes up trying to fit in. Jesus said, listen, know your room. Know who you're talking to. Because he spoke differently when he was with different people. When he was with different groups. He did it. The Apostle Paul did it. So, I need to be culturally sensitive to be able to speak the language and understand the needs that exist in the world around me. Now, I'm going to introduce some... Possibly new concepts. But in this culture thing, and this is how Jesus taught. Jesus taught within the culture. He used dialogue. You know when he used dialogue? When he, talk, when, when he would be speaking to the Pharisees. Because they would always argue this and argue that. And, and so 
He would use their language. He would use dialogue to speak to the Pharisees. The next is that uh, he would use parables. And parables would be whenever he's with a group of farmers, what did he tell stories about? Farming. That's culturally sensitive. When, when uh, he was other people, he talked about a lost a coin. Shepherds, he talked about the lost sheep. He was relating to where they were. Very culturally sensitive. Object lessons, like <clears throat> when the Jesus, uh, Jesus was sitting there and all the children came up and the disciples pushed them away. No, 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 don't bother the great teacher. And Jesus used an object lesson. He goes, no, bring those kids to me. Because this is like the kingdom of God. Open arms. Ready to receive love and give love. So he used object lessons. That's cultural. That's not setting a box up and preaching on it. But I want you to know that is a part of evangelism. A part of evangelism if you're called to preach. There's also a thing called the gift of evangelism. Well, Jesus urges us not to condemn the world and unbelievers, but not to be like it, to be in it and not like it. And, and the whole purpose is to develop, to, to develop relationships with, and, and here's a, a concept, non-attenders. I didn't say non-believers. I'm saying non-attenders and non-believers. I have a personal problem, and I've shared this many times, that people who say they're a Christian, but I don't really do organized church. That's not biblical. The, the Bible demands, do not do what so many do, and that's stop getting with fellow believers. Stop, don't stop gathering together. There are 40 commands, about three months ago, I went through the New Testament again, and there's 40 commands that you cannot do in the New Testament if you do not, uh, if you're not a part of a community. If you're not in a church or a community. And a community or a church is 20 people. John Wesley, the great evangelist of the Great Awakening, he said no church is effective after 20 he would call that a church because of the community. That's why we have small groups. It is in relationships, the spirit of hospitality that I, I want to get to that there is evangelism going on. But the, and I'll give it a name, but there are three types, three types of styles of evangelism. Purpose sharing of the gospel. There's just some people, Lord may just tell you, listen, I need, you need, this person needs the Lord. This person, and, and if you, if the Lord speaks to you, the Holy Spirit speaks to you, yeah, it can be purposed. You know it's time, they're ready, and you do it. And that's called evangelism. Evangelism, evangelical preaching. Evangelists are those with the gift of evangelism. There is a gift of evangelism. Or the calling and the joy of sharing their faith. There are people who just love to do it. Uh, on the gift of evangelism, uh, Dr. Crystal's uh, father was uh, a missionary for years. She grew up in Costa Rica and with the Indians in Canada. Um, 
And then he became a pastor. And they were living to North Carolina. And Billy Graham was in town. And so the, the entourage was going to go pick him up and take him to the stadium. And they'd go up to his, that floor, to his room, knock on the door, said, you know, Beverly Shea's always stayed roomed with him. And her, her father was a part of that entourage. And so that they, were, they walked down the hall going to the elevator and they passed this bus boy, you know, carrying all the plates and, you know, the ones that you set outside your door. <clears throat> and so they passed by him. He just looked. They went by, got the elevator, and uh, Billy Graham had left his Bible or some notes in the room. They said, could you go back and get them? So he goes back, you know, very quickly back to the room, and he turns the corner, and he sees this busboy on his knees in the middle of the floor, and he thought he'd fallen. He goes, can I help you? Are you okay? He goes, yeah. He goes, I just suddenly felt this urge to ask God to forgive me of my sins. That's the gift of evangelism. He just, Billy Graham just walked by him, not saying anything. That's another form of evangelism. It's a rare, it's a calling. I believe there's an evangelism that is across the entire body of Jesus. Dissemination of evangelism. Dissemination is the conscious or unconscious spreading of the personal beliefs and habits of Jesus. It doesn't, it may be conscious, it may be unconscious. He says, well, wait a minute. And, and you know this, listen, you're going, dissemination, do I know that? Oh, you know this word. Have you ever gone out with a, a coworker, a neighbor, and then within 15 minutes, you know if he's happily married. You know if he likes his children. You know of any surgery he's had in the last 15 years, and you probably get a look at the scar. And he never meant to tell you anything. All this happened because you said, you made the mistake, you went, how's it going? <laughs> they didn't mean to say any of that to you. It can be conscious or unconscious, but you talk to anybody, and you know it could be less than 15 minutes the first time you talk to somebody, and they just end up telling you everything that's gone on in their life for the last three months. You're the same. You're giving out information all the time. Oh, you don't mean to. You know. Now, I never do it, although my wife says, I can't tell you what I just heard because I know you'll tell somebody. <laughs> and, and she's even said, I know you don't do it on purpose. <laughs> it's who I am. Somebody's got to keep the conversation going. <laughs> I, take, I take that burden on myself. Dissemination. Why is that word so important? Oh, let me give you one. I have a little note here. Uh, one other, uh, another type of evangelism, we do this. Now, I've, I've heard people go, you know, you, you don't have an altar call every Sunday. I said, yeah, and we don't teach out of the King James either. I mean, constantly. 
And uh, so there's a lot of things we don't do. I said, but, you know, we do do, we, my daughter, who was asked to be a professional ballerina, but because of them having to work on Sunday, she walked away from it and started a dance school here. And usually Easter and Christmas, I know this Christmas, we don't have a Christmas play. People come to these plays and go, I came to see something about Christmas and I end up hearing about Jesus died for me. Wasn't he born? Yeah, he was. Our plays, every play that we've put on, and there's hours and hours in planning, is for the purpose of evangelism. And she starts, she's already started for Christmas for this purpose of evangelism. We're talking a three-month get ready to evangelize for an hour. A lot of time. Purpose goes into it. And happy birthday to my sweet daughter, Sarah Swindell. Sarah doesn't have birthdays. She usually has birth months. I think we got it down. With all the kids, she goes, I think they got it down to a birth week. So every day for seven days is a birthday. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, this whole thing about uh, dissemination. The Bible says, tells us that we are to participate in it. In a good way. Corinthians 9 says, though I am free, this is the Apostle Paul, though I am free, I belong to no man, no one. I have become many things to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win Jews. He was what? Culturally sensitive. He knew when he was with Jews. To those under the law, I became one under the law so as to win those under the law. He acted like those who were subject to the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Wow. I've become all things. You know what that means? You know, I joined this club because I know if I just join that club and I have fun with them and I, I get involved with them, I learn. You know, this dissemination is going to happen because who I am is going to come out. I, 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 I took this class. I invited these people over. Because it takes place. When the, when the scriptures, they keep going on. It, said, it talks about falling in love with Jesus. To love thy Lord, your God, with all your heart. All your mind. What is that talking about? It's in my mind. I'm going to talk about it. If it's in my heart. Hi, remember, you remember your best friend when they fell in love? How you were sick of them talking about that person? One, they're not that good looking. They're not that nice. You know, 
When you fall in love with something, you talk about it. You think about it. You set time away to be with it. You think that was bad. Wait till you get old and your friends get little dogs. You think, you know, if you loved your child half as much, they wouldn't have turned out the way they did. They carried around. I actually yesterday, or day before yesterday, was, was driving out out of the uh, neighborhood. In my neighborhood, people like to walk. There was a guy. Do I want to tell you what was in his hand? This rat that resembled a dog. It is two miles, one lap. I guess he'd have to change arms. <laughs> you go running and carry your rat dog. You never did your children that way. Come on, honey, let's go for a run. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind. And if you do that, if you pursue that, guess what? Dissemination just is natural out of you. You won't even remember sharing the good things of God to anybody, but you do it because it just comes out because you're in love. I'm not a very good evangelist. Love the Lord your God. Fall in love with him. Think about him. And you will never witness again, but people will credit you for sharing the good news. That's evangelism. It is that simple. But we need to broaden ourselves. People saying, oh, I need to evangelize. No, you need to love. Oh, I feel so bad. I never share the love of Christ. You need to find the love of Christ. You need to experience it has to be real. Because if it's not real, I don't care what words you use in evangelism, they are dead before they come out. You're just it's just a mechanical thing. The sad thing is is you credit yourself for being such a good Christian. The Apostle Paul, formerly known as Saul. Oh, wait a minute. Let me give you this. I don't have my little boat. <laughs> and excuse, excuse the graphics. This is the best I could do. And it was so bad, I, had Pete, I asked Pete, because he's the, the graphic guy. I said, could you fix it? And I got here this morning. He goes, I couldn't fix it because I didn't know what the heck you were talking about. <laughs> so... Let me explain. <laughs> so in th the whole idea of dissemination, you know, uh, dissemination to people you talk to, people you go out to eat with, your next door neighbor, uh, just people you get to know. This, this right here is the age line. So when you're two, you're right here. And this is uh, education, income, interest, talent, taste. This is you. You're the boat. And as you get older, and as you grow in education, experience, talents, interest, your boat could be going like this, it could be going like that. But at, behind the boat, you make a wake. 
this is your low-hanging fruit. People that are looking up to you because you have done this. You have achieved this. This is your personality. Oh, he's so loving. She's so kind. They're so giving. Oh, they're so talented in this area. The people who fall behind here, if you are interested in dissemination evangelism, that's where you look. That's where you invite. Those people are looking at you. You know, people going, no, I'm shy and, and I, I don't like to do anything but sit in a dark room. And I said, do you know how many people are shy and like to sit in a room, a dark room? Invite them over. Going, hey, I got a dark room and I'm shy. He's <laughs> going, wow, I, I'm not bold enough to say that. I'm coming. You know, <laughs> I so identify with you. Let me tell you, there, there are people out here who need to be invited They need someone to look up to. They need to know someone. You know what? I've been in four marriages and because you're saying, well, I've been married four times. I'm, no, do you know how many people behind you have been married four times and they're losers? You're going to make it. If you've been married four times, the first thing you don't want to do is go up to somebody who's been married for 46 years going, hey, I've been married four times. <laughs> now there's a sense of regret or who are you comfortable with? The guy who's been married five times. <laughs> Every one of you are making a wake. Don't say that there's no one. There's no one. Yes, there is. There's hundreds. And God brings them your way. Hundreds. Apostle Paul, I'm going to throw another one out there for you, make you think. Apostle Paul says, follow. What happened to follow Jesus? He died for your sins. He said, no, Paul's going to introduce that. He goes, follow me. Paul made tents. Why? be culturally sensitive, to be among the people, to know what they're talking about, to in, engage with them. And I bet you he was a good tent maker. He influenced people at that level through conversations, through inviting. He just says, follow me as I follow Christ. He didn't say get saved. He didn't say get all your children baptized. He says, follow me. I, this is who I am as I follow Christ. Okay. Well. Seven times in the New Testament, it tells us to practice hospitality. Why? Because it engages people into the very sanctum. Practice to have them over at your house. Let them see how you live. Let them see how you talk. Let, let, let them see your gifts, your talents. And you don't even have to purposely. Excuse me, let's talk about Jesus. If you love him, it's already come out. 
Every time I go to every time I, I come to church, I usually stop by the handy way, right on my corner, and I get my sippy cup. You pay five dollars and you get one, you know, bucket of soda a day. <laughs> and I go in there to get my one bucket of soda, and it's Sunday, and whoever's working, they're going, getting ready for church. I go, yes, sir. <laughs> they know I go to church. Why? They know I'm a pastor. Why? Because I talk with them. One of the ladies down there found out she had terminal cancer. And I found that out because she wasn't at work. And I asked one of them, I said, said, so Julie's not here. I said, oh, she found she's got terminal cancer. I said, would you tell her that I'm a pastor and I would love to pray with her? But if if not, I said, I'm going to pray for her anyway. Just let her know I'm praying for her. Well, that person told that person who told that person who told that person who told that person. Dissemination. You know, hospitality is less about the space and more about the spirit. My house isn't big enough. My house isn't like... If you're welcome and you're inviting somebody who needs a good invite, it has just filled that they don't feel loved, you know, you can meet in your garage and they're going to talk about, she was so welcoming. He just took me in. And you never know. You never know. We have an Airbnb and we just had these Guatemalan uh, missionaries. Wonderful family. And I was out doing something, work on a fire pit, and their 14-year-old son came out. And they're wonderful people. And so he goes, hey, can I help you? I go, sure. So we started talking. Every day after that, that boy was waiting for me to come outside so he could be with me. And so I was just, just talking. He goes, oh, I've never heard that. And we're, I was talking about the Lord. What happened? Did I mean to say something? No, it's just stuff, something that came out of me. So I said, so have you been talking to your dad about stuff like this? He goes, my dad and I don't talk. (laughs) Typical teenager, I don't care if you're from Guatemala or not. (laughs) That's the worldwide language. I don't talk to my parents. (laughs) They don't talk to me. They don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be disapproved of. (laughs) That's the universal language. But the old youth pastor, everybody can talk to him, throw up on him. Uh, it was a wonderful kid. But just, it just happened. We were working on a fire pit and he would share stuff with me and I would share stuff with them and nothing was purposed. And that's when I realized it all came with an invite. Jesus invites men to a new way of life. Did he get, it? If, if, if I'm wrong, but any of his disciples, did you see him sharing like the Roman road or the four spiritual laws before he asked them to follow him? Get this, he goes, hey guys, I know you fish. Want to be fishermen? Come on. They, they tossed their nets and followed. And there were other people there. Their father was there. Peter and Andrew's father was there. Jesus invites. He invited every one of them. They didn't pass the test. They didn't. 
I mean, Judas definitely didn't pass the test. He followed. Follow me as I follow Christ. Here's some of the things that Jesus said, the seven invitations I found quickly. Come unto me. If any man thirsts, let him come. Come and dine. Come and see. Come and take. Come away. Come, you blessed of my Father. Jesus invited. Who can you invite? Not to preach to. Maybe you just feel loved. I've joined clubs. I joined the fireworks club for years. Boy, I would get in some deep conversations with guys when they found out I was a pastor. Privately, away from the big fires. Like, hey, come on, can I have a word with you? Dissemination. Do you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul? If you do, it will happen. It will happen. You will be an evangelist and not know it. I think the first step that we have to recognize is do I wake up and thank the Lord that I woke up? Do I go to bed and thank the Lord that I made it to bed and forgive me for all the attitudes and thoughts of that day? I want you to know I'm getting to heaven not because I preach or I'm a pastor. I'm getting there because of his grace. I'm relying on grace. Okay? And so I need to thank him for that grace because I need it every day. So let's stand. If you can, you might be on to the next step and just going, there's somebody I need to invite for coffee. There's someone I might need to invite to do a project back in my shop. That kid in the neighborhood. This church was founded on me going to downtown on Paramore and all the little kids that would play basketball in the afternoon when the adults and the sun would go down, the adults would kick them off and they'd just be over there with their dirty little wore out basketball and I would go find a poorly lit court and say, come on, let's go play. And I'd have me a new basketball. Those kids didn't care what I was. They just wanted to be with me. And they became what I was. An 11, uh, 11th grade boy, might have been 10th grade, his father, who was a pastor and then went into engineering, kind of had a falling away from Christianity. He passed away from lung cancer. I went over to his house about 10.30 at night, knocked on the door and said, I know I'm late, but I'm coming in from out of town and I bought a little chocolate cake from Publix and I went back to his room I said we're going to celebrate your birthday he goes you know it's my birthday I go yeah he goes oh, we don't have any knives or anything I said we're men he goes yes we are 
We were a mess. I drove away. He told me this. I think we had a testimony once, um, a year, many years ago. He said, when I was driving away, he goes, he goes, I don't know what he, what he is, but whatever he is, I want to become. Once he graduated from college, he went into the ministry and he's been in the ministry ever since and that was 40 years ago. Dissemination. Invite someone. Be you. The you that loves the Lord. You can't help but to witness. Father, I pray for your people that they would have the burden that they're not evangelizing, but that today, Lord, that you've shown us how you evangelized. You were culturally involved and you invited. You invited people. Lord, may we recognize if we're not fully in love fully committed to your grace in our life because of your son's work on the cross. Give us this passion that we see it and we pursue it in Jesus' name. Amen.